your Bibles tonight, Revelation chapter number 8, 13 verses here in Revelation chapter number 8, and we come to Revelation 8, we are in the great tribulation period, and the, uh, there's the great reckoning. The word revelation uh, means apocalypse, and when you hear revelation, apocalypse, you want to go, oh, but the truth is that, that word is just a revealing uh, and unveiling, and we're going to see the completion and the end of God's plan and God is righteous and God demands righteousness and sin will be judged and the only hope that any of us have to face the reckoning judgment and wrath of God on sin is if our sin is washed clean in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ if we've received by faith the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, we have hope when we're faced with the righteous account and wrath and judgment of God. All sin will be judged. But the Lord Jesus has the ability to forgive us of our sins. And when we come to the book of Revelation, the tribulation period, we're going to watch the end. We're going to watch the wrath of God fall on all the folks who have rejected Christ by faith as Savior. This is not something that we talk about and we're like, <laughs> they're getting what's coming to them. This is something we should consider and think about and the reality that there's real people that will face the real wrath of God and therefore it's our duty as God's people to faithfully share the gospel that Jesus Christ wants and can and will save you from the penalty and judgment and wrath of God that falls on your sin. Who's guilty? We're guilty. I'm guilty. The wages of sin is death. For all of sin comes short of the glory of God. And when we come to this passage of Scripture, Revelation 8, we're going to begin, and we're working through uh, the vast majority of the rest of the book of Revelation, dealing with details regarding the great tribulation. And when we come to this, we're going to watch and see the details of, of God's judgment falling in the great tribulation period and the trouble that will fall on the earth. The Bible says in Revelation 8 verse 1, and when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seventh and the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees was burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. And the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded and there fell a great star from heaven burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers 
and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. And the fourth angel sounded and the third part of the sun was smitten. And the third part of the moon and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened. And the day shone not for a third part of it. And the night likewise. And I beheld... And heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. Look what the Bible says in verse 13. Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Tonight I'd like to preach this message. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Of the earth, this phrase "inhabitants of the earth," and if you'll notice, I'm gonna I'm gonna preach in high gear. Uh, there's this. Uh I listen occasionally to sermons on a website called Sermon Audio, and it's got the greatest feature ever. Sermon Audio has the ability to make sermons twice as fast. How many of you wish sermons lasted half as long and went twice as fast? It can happen online, and it may happen tonight. So I'm gonna preach. Uh, I'm gonna preach quickly, and. Um, Preach about 60 mile an hour with gusts up to 120. But at uh, any rate, uh, Revelation chapter 8. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. That phrase, the inhabitants of the earth, it has this idea, not just people, all people who live on earth, but inhabitants of the earth. It happens throughout the book of Revelation on several occasions. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. The emphasis on this phrase is the inhabitants of the earth are people who put all their stock in what's going on in earth. And I'll have you know something. If your hope and everything you want is rooted in what's on earth, you're going to be a person that ends their life and spends eternity with great regret. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. In this verse, verse number 13, the angel is crying out, Woe, woe, woe. He's saying three woes because there's three more woes. Trumpets going to be blown by the angels and three more judgments are going to fall. We'll find in verse number 19. But the woe and the concern and the burden is on the folks who inhabit the earth. Folks, if you make this world your home, you're going to find out it's not a great place to spend eternity because you can't. And there's coming a day when judgment and wrath, the wrath of God, will fall on the earth. And all God's people need to be trusting and living for the glory of God and living with eternity's values in view. And we come here, the woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Now, I wonder, where are you? Is your treasure... In earthen vessels, is your treasure wrapped up in wood, hay, and stubble? Or is your treasures in heaven? The Bible says that we're to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt, where thieves do not break through and steal. The Bible also says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And when we study the book of Revelation, we should take time and we should take pause and we should be reminded that we are living for eternity and we must live with eternity's values in view, and we must be the kind of people who have surrendered their lives to the Lord Jesus and know Christ by faith as our Saviors. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And the emphasis should be this. We should be living for the glory of God. We should be living for eternity. We should be living in mind the fact that I am just passing through this world and I should be living for eternity. I don't know how many days I've lived my life without considering eternity, but being bent out of shape about what might happen today or tomorrow or next week or down the road. 
that I'm going to be living with eternity's values in view. And when we study the revelation, we study the tribulation, we are to be reminded that the wrath of God is falling, that the world and this world and all the world's belongings is temporary, and you're temporary too. You know, something that causes pause is to think about the fact that so little is known by my family about my great-great-grandfather. I have a great, great grandfather. His name was O.C. Sturgill. And I've got, as far as I know, almost all that's left of the relics of his life. And I'm just going to tell you, it's a small amount. I'm encouraged by him in so many ways. He was a pastor at one time. He pastored five churches at the same time in, in West Virginia. I like that kind of motor. I like that kind of steam. I've got his original ordination certificate. It was penned and written down and signed in 1917. But I've got to be honest with you. I don't know very much about him. My grandfather, Dick Sturgill, didn't know a whole, whole lot about him. He'd tell a little story here, a little story there. My Uncle Pete and my dad, Daniel, they don't know a ton about him. Vernon and Connie, they, they could tell me a little thing here or there, but there's not much known, and I want you to know so That's not terribly far removed. And I'm reminded that it won't be long until there will be very little known about Cody Sturgill. And that's okay. Because our lives are short, but eternity is long. And when we consider the brevity of life, we should be investing in eternity. When we come to Revelation 8, we're reminded that this world's coming to a swift conclusion. When we put our trust in Jesus. The first thing you see is a little bit of an interesting thing. Verse 1 of the Bible says, I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed... I'm sorry, I've changed, I'm in the wrong chapter. Verse number 8. And when he had opened the seventh seal... That looks more like it, 8 and 1. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. It's kind of interesting. You have In, the, in this progression of the tribulation, you have seven seals. You open the seventh seal, the first six seals, there's interesting things that happen. You open the seventh seal. When you open the seventh seal, out of the seventh seal comes seven trumpets. When you open the seventh trumpet, out of the seventh trumpet will come seven vials. Just so you get a little picture of it. We're going to look at these seven trumpets. And the first four we'll consider in chapter number 8. We have these seven trumpets. The Bible says in verse number uh, 1 that there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. I've read so many different opinions on this. What's the silence about? I'll tell you, we should take pause and we should be... When we consider the reality of the judgment of God and the wrath of God falling on sin. There was silence about the space of half an hour. Perhaps the silence is a moment for us to consider. A moment for us to think about God, eternity, the reality of life and death and eternity. Silence. There was silence in heaven. The Bible says in verse number 2, And I saw seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Seven angels, seven trumpets. Verse number 3. A little parenthesis. It's kind of a fascinating thing that goes on here. There's seven angels, but then in verse number 3, another angel shows up. Another angel, not connected to the seven angels. The Bible says another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. 
And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. An interesting little thing that's going on here. Verse 3, another angel shows up right before the wrath of God begins in this tribulation period. And another angel shows up and this angel has an altar and a golden censer. And it brings us in the mindset of, of the golden censer and the, alt, the, the altar, the incense that was, that was uh, burned in, in picturing the prayers of God. God's people. And we've got this group of people, and the Bible says this angel comes, and the angel has the prayers of all the saints of, upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And so you've got the prayers of the saints, and the Bible says that the smoke of the incense came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And we see the smoke coming up when the incense is burned, and it's a picture of the prayers of God's saints. It's a fascinating, interesting thing here that the prayers of God's saints are something that the angels are carrying. Now, there are lots of ideas and speculation and interesting things, uh, angles about this, this angel and the prayers. But when I think about the fact that God takes time and makes sure that he knows that the prayers of the saints are of importance to him. The prayers of the saints, we got the prayers of the saints, the prayers of the saints before God make a difference. And I want to just say this, point number one, the prayers of God's people matter to the Lord. The prayers of God's people matter to the Lord. And we see this picture of this angel carrying the, the prayers of the saints. The wrath of God is getting ready to fall on sinful man. Have you ever thought, man, I don't know about this whole God, Jesus, gospel, Bible thing. Because I know a lot of bad people that have had a lot of good things. And I know a lot of good people have had a lot of bad things. And throughout the ages, God's people have prayed and asked God to help and asked God for mercy and asked God for peace and asked God for justice. And so many times it seems like maybe, just maybe, God got it wrong. But I want you to know every prayer of God's saints, every prayer of grief, every prayer of burden, every prayer that seemed to be rich and unjust, that wanting justice and injustice, every prayer of God's saints is something that's important to God. And I want you to know, when Jesus Christ is revealed in the apocalypse, when Jesus Christ plans, when Jesus Christ finally settles the score, I'll have you know something, every prayer of every saint matters to God. And you keep praying and you keep trusting and don't you allow something good happening to somebody that you don't understand that you think they don't deserve it or something bad happened to somebody that you think they don't deserve it. don't you let that shipwreck your faith you remember something God is sovereign God is all knowing God is in control and you pray and trust the Lord pray and trust the Lord pray and trust the Lord and know that your prayer matters to the Lord and there is coming a great reckoning when every count will be even settled right God's righteous. He's thorough. The prayers of God's people matter to the Lord. The Bible says this. It's kind of fascinating. In verse number 5, And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire, with the fire of the altar. Typically, the fire and the censer were the things, that, the elements that were used to burn the incense. He took the fire and the altar and the Bible says, Cast it into the earth. Cast it into the earth. 
It's almost like the angel spilt the altar and the fire and the incense. It's almost like he spilt it. But the Bible says, says he cast it into the earth and there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. The prayers and the wrath and judgment of God, they all work together in perfect union. The prayers of God's people matter. God is righteous. And God's judgment and righteousness will be perfect. Number two, judgment is coming on the inhabitants of the earth. Judgment is coming on the inhabitants of the earth. You see, we should remember that we're trusting the Lord, praying. Trusting the Lord, praying, living for eternity. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. The prayers of God's people matter to the Lord. Number two, judgment is coming to the inhabitants of the earth. The Bible says in verse number six that the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. Trumpets sound the sound of battle. Trumpets sound the sound of something coming there, an alarm. And the Bible says in verse number seven, the first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of trees was burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. The first trumpet sounds, and here's what happens on all the earth. Hail and fire mingled with blood. I can understand hail. I've had a hailstorm. I can understand fire. And hail and fire mingled with blood. I can't completely wrap my brains around this. But God in his word says we're going to see. And it's going, I'm not going to see it because we're at the church. The church is gone. But there's coming in the great tribulation this judgment, the first trumpet. Hail, fire mingled with blood. And the Bible says they were cast upon the earth and the third part of the trees were burned up. Now, I want you to imagine for a minute. Here's the first of these trumpet judgments. The third part of the trees were burnt up. Can you imagine if one-third of the earth's trees were burning right now? How many of you remember these moments when there have been great forest fires in Canada and it affects us for days? Then you can imagine this is going to be like nothing we've ever seen before. One-third of the trees were burnt up. And then look at this next phrase, and all green grass was burnt up. What happens when all green grass is burnt up? That's a disastrous time for livestock for the earth, all green grass burnt up is a bad, is a very difficult judgment. The second angel sounds in verse eight. The second angel sounded, and as it were, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. Now, I'd like to think about this great mountain burning with fire cast into the sea. Now, look, John, who is just telling us what God is showing him, showing him, he says, this is what I saw. He said, I saw this thing. It looked like a great mountain burning with fire. And, uh, of course, most folks would liken this to a meteorite or an asteroid or one of these uh, great things fall, falling out of space. The Bible says he saw it was where a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. It goes into the sea. We're talking about all the salt water now. The Bible says, and a third part of the sea became blood. A third part of the sea became blood. Now, then the Bible says in verse 9, and the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. Can you imagine? One third of all the life in the sea dies. Uh, it's a rank moment. The Bible says, and a third part of the ships were destroyed. A third part of the ships were destroyed. It'd be fascinating to know what one third of today's shipping empire is. But the Bible says one third of all the ships in the sea are going to uh, be destroyed after the second trumpet is sound and the 
tribulation. Verse 10, the Bible says, The third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of the waters. We move from salt water to fresh water. And the third angel and the third trumpet judgment affects the fresh water. The Bible says in verse 11, the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died. And the waters died of the waters because they were made bitter. When the fresh water is contaminated, the Bible says many Many men died of the waters. The fresh water's contaminated. The salt water's contaminated. Grass, trees, affected by the wrath and judgment of God. Verse 12, the fourth, the last we'll look at tonight. The Bible says, the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten. What happens? The fourth angel sounds, and one-third of the sun is smitten. I don't know how uh, this affects everything, but you can imagine if the sun loses one-third of its shine, we've got a problem. It's a fascinating thing to consider that this is probably a temporary judgment because a little bit later, the sun is going to intensify. And so what you've got, you've got inconsistency in the sun. In this first trumpet judgment, you're going to find the sun is going to lose one-third of its power. But a little bit later, the sun is going to shine brightly, and it's going to, uh, it's going to be uh, intense. But the Bible says that a third part of the sun was smitten, a third part of the moon smitten, a third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. And so the Bible says in this fourth judgment, the sun, moon, and stars are going to be affected. Now, you could just imagine for a moment what kind of chaos is going to be going on on earth after these four trumpets are blown. Oh, what a troubling, difficult, horrible time. And the Bible says and reminds us, it says it's going to be awful. The judgment of God is awful. Folks, when we study the Bible and understand the reality of hell, the reality of hell is awful. And the writings about hell and the reality of hell and the judgment of God and the revelation and the reality of the tribulation, it has a motivating factor in all of our hearts. One, if you're not saved, you need to ask Jesus to forgive your sins and come into your heart and be your Savior. Number two, if you are saved, you should be busy and burdened about sharing the gospel with a lost and dying world. We should be preaching and teaching God's word. We should be investing in the lives of other people. We should be doing all we can to share the truth that Jesus saves and help as many folks as can possibly know and hear the gospel to be saved. Oh, it's so important. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the woes, the troubles, the burdens. They're coming. They're falling. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Folks, if your greatest concern is what's going on on earth and you're leaving Jesus out, I'll just have you know there'll come a time when you deeply regret rejecting or belittling or neglecting your relationship with and to the Lord Jesus Christ. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. May God help us to be people who have a mind for eternity for the glory of God. Let's pray.